Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Here we are, first week of September, so as promised, we have our killer reviews, and again, we are joined with Kevin. So, two killer reviews in a row we got Kevin on. Of crafty beer fame. Crafty beer fame. So yeah. this week, we are going to go over It Follows. Now, It Follows was actually suggested to us when we did our last killer reviews. We popped it up on Instagram and asked people, what should we do next? And we actually got, we got a lot of recommendations, so that was super cool, so we'll probably do that again for next month's recommendation and we'll uh, who was the one that recommended that recommended it follows that was leah one of our actually one of our friends thanks leah yeah so that was this was a fun watch and we'll dive into it follows in just a little bit but i'm just going to kind of round table a couple different things that have just happened recently that's outside of the killer reviews so i just wanted to thank everyone for listening we have i think even before last week's episode but we officially hit over a thousand total plays which I don't know if it's good or not, but hey, I like hey, that number. Hey, it's good people for me. are listening. That's all that matters. Yeah, it works for me. So I'd be happy with fifty plays. But thanks, thanks for listening. Nick's right. It's it's been crazy to see it grow so fast. Um, we want to just keep growing. So please share, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and let all your friends know, especially the ones that are into the dark and mysterious like we are. Come check it out. And it's just weird too thinking that we kind of just put this together one week and we're like hey let's just do a weekly podcast on halloween horror nights horror nights is going to be coming up soon record scratch not so much but we've still kind of continued it week by week and we haven't missed a week we've seemingly haven't really ran out of stuff yet to talk about which is nice and we have a good schedule that's going to carry us through until next next hhn season but one more thing that we're going to be talking about if you listen to us and you don't follow other horror night fan pages or horror night podcasts like hhn 365 or the rip tour or horror night nightmares on twitter or anything like that if you don't follow any of those follow those because they just released some really cool information on september 12th there's going to be a virtual halloween horror nights event and they have a whole schedule from morning till night of different giveaways contests podcasts stuff like that so check out that page, check out that lineup. It's going to be a really, really cool event. We're going to find a way to get involved, I think, somehow. We'll, we'll we're going to do something. We'll get involved. Yeah, we're going to we'll, get involved we'll, somehow. We'll, we'll brush our way in. <laughs> yeah, some way, way, shape, or form. We're going to find our way in there. So we're going to think on something cool for you guys for that day, so that way we can make that day just a little bit less somber. I know it's going to be probably – I'm probably going to be stuck at work now because I don't have to take that day off anymore. I'll pour one out for, for Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, we'll, we'll pour a couple out. So – Fear and beer, same thing we did last time on those killer reviews. We're going to do almost like a split. We're doing a lot of beer reviews. We each got our own beers again tonight. And we're going to kind of one by one go through those. And then after that, we will talk about the movie, how we all felt about it. Kind of break some of the stuff down. Um, I've seen this movie before, so just watched it a few more times before this episode to kind of like bring myself back, you know, all the information that I have missed and i gotta say i still love this movie so we'll, we'll get i had that. never seen it literally finished watching it as you guys pulled up <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i watched it earlier last week and then i watched it 
I was doing a lot of video editing today and I had it on loop, so it played twice today, but it was more background noise and I just, I didn't get to take notes, but I, I'm familiar enough to talk about this movie, so I'm excited. It was, it was interesting. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk And about like it. the last time, we, we have the movie queued up and ready to go right here, yeah. so we'll be watching it. So some of the reactions might be because literally the movie's going to play while yeah. we're doing this. We're going we're gonna to drink some beer. We're going to start the movie. We'll let you know when we start it, so if you do want to start it when we do, you might catch on to us talking about something real time that is playing for us as well. So it, let's just uh, just an interesting note. So we stopped the movie before it started here, yeah. and it says it's an Animal Kingdom production. <laughs> so I don't know if it's related. So when I watched it today, yeah. what struck me was is the main one of the main characters there, um, Paul or no, not Paul, but the um, the guy who plays Hugh and Jeff. Yep. yep. He's I knew him from the TV series that I watched. Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. So I don't know uh -oh. if there's a connection here or not, but it was never interesting that, show, that, that that's interesting. where I knew him from. So of course, something. when you watch something, you have to get over knowing an actor from a character right. that you yeah. know that. But then I saw Animal Kingdom production, eh, and I maybe. wonder if there's something to it. And you know, being from Central Florida, it's also pretty pretty relevant too. But okay, so let's let's get into some of these beers that we got lined up. Last week we kind of did a quick and down and dirty beer review, so this week we're actually gonna give you some. A little more in depth, and we get three of them again tonight, like we did before in the last Killer Reviews episode. So we're gonna start with the one Kevin's got in front of him. If you want to kind of walk us through what you got, it's called the Night Rider. It's a they call it an Imperial Black Ale, or described as a black IPA. I don't think I've ever had anything from uh, Against the Grain Brewing. They're in Kentucky. Nope. And it's a nine percent ABV, so it's a, it's a big boy. <laughs> we, put your big put your big boy pants on. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun night tonight. Yeah. So and it's a it's a big bottle. I'm, I got the I'm doing a, I'm doing a curl here with the 750 <laughs> milliliter bottle, and the artwork on the bottle is I guess kind of like a uh, motorcycle club uh, cut or jacket or vest. It's got Knight Rider with some skulls and says Imperial Black Ale. So dark a dark IPA, I guess. Yeah, and I, I've, I've had a few black ales before, black IPAs. I, it, they're interesting because, like, I don't really know much about the style other than, like, it's an IPA, but it's a dark beer. So it's 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 really kind of interesting. Obviously, dark ale kind of fits the theme of the show pretty well. So Metal. it's actually the first time I think Nick and I have had a dark ale or a, or a black ale on the podcast. And this is yeah. Their website episode. says that it, I think it's aged... Um, in red wine barrels so that oh, okay. adds to the, probably the, probably the color interesting so i mean i, I would assume that. that they're probably heavier on the malt with this one but then again Maybe. i don't know but i'm guessing like a red wine kind of flavor to it we'll find mm. out we will find out once Dive we open in. it we'll crack this thing open so we're gonna each pour about a, a little bit out so we can all give it a taste yeah, we'll, um, we'll be sampling down the line uh, like we did the last time, so we'll pass that bottle around. That it is looks, definitely dark. The, the head, looks, the head's pretty dark on it too. So it has that like, it, it's dark, but it, from here maybe it's the lighting here, but it almost has like a maroony wine, like that. Red yeah, wine, definitely like got a, that red wine hue to like it. A Cabernet or something like that. But you said was Seeing it was it pour it, out is it was aged in wine barrels, right? Red wine. Right. So it's gonna have. I can already kind of smell it, to be honest with you. Oh, it definitely, it definitely has, has that tinge of red wine to it <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a huge wine drinker but yeah, very great, i mean great if, I'm, if i'm gonna drink a wine it's usually gonna be a, a darker wine so this is kind of right up my alley but i think it's the first time i've had a black ale that has been aged in wine dark barrels. fruit dark so this fruit, is definitely new it's almost when we did the last killer reviews we had one that was was it plum I, or no it was um i was gonna say it i forget which one it was but we had one that had that that dark fruit prune. yeah 
prunes. That's what it was like, a prune. Style. Dark fruit, pruny kind of flavor to it. This has a little bit like that, but but I get grapes too. I get like almost a little little touch of Welch's grape juice in yeah. there. Yeah, and, and maybe just because of the the barrel aged with the red wine is kind of making me think that. But am I sipping too soon? Are we going in? No, let's dive no, in. It's also let's a, sip away. It's an imperial too, so it, it, it explains the nine percent. Um, I get black licorice out of the ga- out of the gate. A little bit black licorice. Again, these really dark ones always trick me because you think you're you're about to you know just get punched in the mouth like an IPA and this or they're smooth. This is smooth and it yeah. finishes pretty clean for a nine percent ABV. And I wouldn't even necessarily call it an IPA necessarily. I, I, There's no hoppy. Well, yeah, I mean IPA. It's, I think usually either either citrus, fruity, floral. Yeah, but there's none of that here. No, this is more of. This is just an I'm ale. Think of the ale. Like, almost like it's almost an ale of a red aged, ale. It's like an ale that's just aged in wine barrels. It's not malty enough to be like an amber ale. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're getting the, the black from because like, I mean, like a black IPA is literally that. It's an IPA, but it's usually done with something in the ingredient that gives it that hue, that color. This is definitely more of a. Like you said I would even classify it more of like a, an amber ale aged. But it's pretty. It's pretty simple. A, yeah, it's nothing special to yeah. it. To be honest with There's you, there's like a slight. You take that sip, you swallow. There's a slight hit of flavor there, and then it just kind of tapers off. And there's for and barely you know, a hint of after a few sips, a little bit of the hop, maybe a little bit of hop yeah. bitter on the back end, but not enough to mm-hmm. that you where you think it was an IPA. Mm-hmm. For being like we labeled it what was like a black ale or dark ale at nine percent. Yeah, they said imperial black ale, what they call it. You know, it seems not really up that alley. It's it's no, cool. I mean it just it was very so it caught me by surprise. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm a like I'm a super fan of it. I, I I don't hate it. I think for me, it's if it was less imperial, quote unquote, which gives it that boozier note, I might like it better because I do typically like an amber ale. Or so you're saying yeah. for an imperial, it lacks the boozy. No, I think it. I think I think I don't like the fact that it's boozy. And it, does that make any bit. sense? No, it does. It has. There's been plenty of imperials that have more of a boozy burn this has just a touch of it but yeah. it's there if you're not a fan of it it's it's, yeah. it's and there it's, and it's the thing it's a funny thing because like some of them i'll have that are really boozy i i like but this one i don't know maybe it doesn't work for and me I, with the with I'm the sure wine i said it the, the last time with the beer that we had that was dark fruit like whenever i have one it reminds me of something from founders but if, if you was, like if you like those all those dark those all if you like all those barrel aged ones that are the series from founders this is very reminiscent yeah, of that. You're and right. I, I mean, so I can you're definitely not a fan of those. I don't know if you've had them or not. I mean, the, some of the founder stuff I like. Yeah, I, but I think the founders that I have had, I'm more along the lines. I, I like their stouts and their dark beers more. I think like their CBS, which comes out yearly, or that's the Canadian breakfast the Canadian breakfast stout. stout. And then they've got a few other ones that are kind of along those lines. It's it's weird. I mean, it's definitely got a weird flavor to it, weird profile for me. I, and that's that's just my own personal opinion. I mean, I'm, some people might like this stuff, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like wouldn't it. drink I a whole it. bottle by myself. I don't think. It, it's one of those ones for me that it's not complex and not hard to drink. So you probably drink a nine percent ABV way too fast. Yeah, case. this is like a sessions. Like it, it, <laughs> it tastes just like down. it should be a sessions beer where you could have you know thirty of them on a hot summer day because it just it's so smooth. But at nine percent, I would suggest it. There's no you can't see any light through this. This is like motor like a, oil, no translucency at all. Black ink, dark. Yeah, well, that's where they get the title black ale from. I is like the color of it. Yeah, I'm a fan. Just, I can't I, get off that color of a red. If you pour this into a wine the, glass, it would. I would say it's wine. Of all the beers we've had tonight so far, this is my this <laughs> is my favorite. This is my favorite. <laughs> This is my least favorite beer of the night so far. I'm neutral. 
<laughs> I really am neutral on it because I, I don't want to say I don't like it because I do. I, I mean, I could drink this. No, I didn't. I don't. I, I could drink this like as a, like a dinner beer almost. Yeah. And, I, and I know it sounds crazy, but it's like it's like a wine, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Asian wine, but it has that. So that's a good question. Do you like red wine? Do you drink red wine? If I drink wine, it's gonna be a red wine. And that's because like it's what's in front of you at a given place, or do you do you buy, would you do you buy red wine no, and drink it? I don't. I don't. So drink, we, I don't drink wine on. A I do. Basis. So that's that's probably. Yeah, and I'm not a I'm not a wine drinker. No, at all. I mean I'm, this, I'm, this isn't bad. I don't I, I don't mean, mind this by any means. Yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of one of those red blooded American IPA drinkers where I I'm a hop head, so I love anything with hops. And, Night I, and I love sours, but you're right. I don't typically buy wine on a regular basis. My wife drinks wine, but. Like I said, I'll have it once in a while with dinner if it's if it's something everybody's having. And it's a steak. It's some red wine with it. But that, that's nicely. the thing. Like I don't do that. Like, yeah. I, I, like yeah. I mean, if I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating a steak, I'm I'm buying a I'm getting a beer. I'm getting a. You got a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, right. Some, you drink some scotch. Some rye. Well, sangria is good too. If yeah. you're like on a hot day, it's sangria with this. The fruit you could like if you take this and throw some like Captain Morgan and a bunch of sliced fruit and just mash it. Then I mean, there's your sangria right there. And this right. Could be like a beer sangria. Night Rider, Imperial Black Ale, and it's from Against the Grain in Kentucky. The label says, The Lone Crusader. No beer is above the law around here. This Imperial Black Ale is interned in red wine barrels and emerges as an unrecognizable. It is not the general. It, it sure ain't the sheriff. It's the Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> the law don't go I mean, around here, law so, dog. Speaking of steaks, I just I have to bring this up. So I found this guy on YouTube, and Kevin might be in, might might be into him. It's this dude. He's from England, and he's like a f- flight dude. Talks about flights and stuff like that. He took a flight from Manchester, England, to te- Houston, Texas, and flew back that same night just to get a steak at Long at uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. It turns out that he actually did it because he wanted to retain his Starline status. So he needed like 3,000 miles. Flight. So he takes a 9,000-mile flight. This wasn't a simulated flight. This was an no, no, this flight. was like a real flight. But like, you know, we, we've talked before about kind of like weird YouTube channels that we like. So shout out to Noel Phillips if you're listening. You have a pretty cool channel, my friend. And a lot of free time. I think I've watched some of his stuff. Free time and a lot of surplus income. All right, All right, so we'll let's get into the second. We'll let's get into the second. second beer. So the beer that I provided this evening is another one from Jester King. I know it's crazy. Reoccurring, I, reoccurring. So, so reoccurring brewery uh, from a couple weeks ago. This time I brought one called Grim Harvest. It's kind of a dark bottle, but it's got a lantern on it, and just the name was like, wow, that's that, yeah. that's just horror nights it's beer written all over. It's it. written all over it. Kind of hard to read the back of the bottle, but I'll it's read it. Super dark. Crack it. So the so Jester King, I believe, is in Dexter, Michigan, right? No, Houston, Te- Austin, Texas. Oh, Texas. Texas. Yep. Yeah. So they're a farm. They specialize in like farmhouse sales and stuff. They're one of those breweries, much like Angry Chair, where they they're they're definitely local to where they are. Like it's hard to find it. So when I walked into our place nightly and I saw a whole case like of stuff, I'm like, that's surprising. Scoop it up. But also amazing at the same time because you don't typically see them outside of Texas. Got it. Oh, I was thinking Jolly Pumpkin. Jolly, Jolly Pumpkin, Pumpkin is in oh, Michigan. Yes. But Got it's it. the same, I mean, same idea. They're, they the, do the, farmhouse and I, stuff. And I confuse them because they do this the similar artwork mm-hmm. in the same similar. Same type of artwork. They're trying yeah. to steal our Democrat. They're, they're catering to us. Yeah, they're catering to people like us. <laughs> but the bottle says, I mean, the, the back of the story or the story in the bottle is death is no tidy thing. It's so it's often packaged alongside the trappings of life 
to make the concept more palatable. Into the earth it goes, sent with treasure to ease the passing. However, for as long as this practice has existed, there has been a grim few who take action against what they see as needless waste. After all, why leave treasure for the dead when it can be enjoyed by the living? Now, the reason they use that story is because they are a brewery that typically will reuse a lot of what we would consider waste product from brewing beer. So notes for Grim Harvest, like we've done in the past with the Detritivore and La Vida and Rose, we took the waste, quote-unquote, from one beer and used it to make another. We used spent blackberries from Nocturne Chrysalis and re-fermented them with young farmhouse ale fermented in stainless steel, unfiltered, unpatronized, and 100% naturally conditioned. So they, they reuse ingredients from previous batches to make new stuff. And it's really cool because like nothing goes wasted at a place like this. And it can always create new flavors and new profiles. Now, what's even cooler about these guys is that when you get their bottles, like this one, and the one we had before, is that they're aged. So this bottle is from the second batch in September of 2017. So this beer is three years old. It's been sitting in the bottle for three years. I chilled it last night like I was supposed to the first time. So we're going to pop this bad boy and see what it tastes like. Now, this is a farmhouse ale, so it's going to be sour. It's not going to be like the last one we just had, which is more of a fruity wine profile, more of an ale. This one's going to be more of a sour ale. So I'm interested to see, see what it looks like. how this one looks, as well as how this one smells and how it tastes. Most importantly, how it tastes. Well, I'm a huge farmhouse ale guy, so we're going to see how much this one excites me. It smells good. <laughs> Yeah, it smells good. Now, the thing about sours is much like darker beers like porters or stouts. Some of them can actually, a lot of them will get better with as they age. That's why they put them in darker bottles because basically any beer, you know, if it's in light colored bottles, they'll go bad. But like unlike some beers, farmhouses and, and a lot of stouts will actually get better as they age if you keep them outside of, you know, light and that sort of thing. But it's pretty, is it loud? Pretty is it talking to you? Yeah, this is, it's, it's going. It's it's almost like if you you know you drop an Alka Seltzer into the yeah, water. Exactly. It's, it's definitely got a red color to it. I don't know if you want to. It looks like apple cider. Yeah, and it smells like apple cider. So I'm wondering. So they use blackberries, obviously, from another from another brew, but it's definitely got that that apple smell to it. It's got that fall. It's that fall scent for and sure. And you'll notice, Nick, unlike the last Chester King we had, yeah. I actually chilled it the right way this time, <laughs> so it didn't come out all head. So it's, yeah, it didn't take us ten minutes. To let <laughs> it didn't it take us twenty minutes to drink the beer. <laughs> like oh, this beer. I, I can't even tell what it tastes like. I can tell you what the foam tastes like, but it smells great. I haven't tried it yet, but no, I just been smelling because I'm trying to catch all. I'm trying to catch. I'm gonna wait till everybody's ready to take a sip. If we can sip this all at the same time, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna like this one better than the first one. <laughs> it's got an interesting nose. It's got a yeah, sweet, right? fruity. It's definitely obviously got the. It's got that blackberry, that seeded berry type smell to it, but it's also like he said, definitely got. I don't know if it's apple or something, but it's and it's a murky. Dark, like cider. It looks like cider and like like if like. But fruit, a little dark. Grapefruit than... juice or like something. What's like the that. ABV on this one? I didn't even look. Let's see. Fourteen percent <laughs> ABV. We'll reveal that after we drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not us drinking the beer out of a dog dish. That's that's Oscar the dog, another co-host. I don't know if it's oh, right there. Uh, Five point two. 
Okay. Oh, pretty, it's a, pretty reasonable. This it's is a, a yeah, good breather reasonable between, one. Uh, I mean, Kevin's and then I mine. mean, there aren't too many farmhouses anyways that you're going to get a super high ABV on anyways, but I mean... No, they're they more about the funk usually. Yeah, and or like I said... the earthy... Right, funk. and like because it's aged so long, this, this bottle is as of, yeah, three years old now as of this month, so... That's crazy. Obviously, there's going to be some funkiness to it because that's what happens with a lot of the natural yeast and the natural stuff. It's but, still going. I can still see all the little bubbles coming from well, the usually, top. A lot of times, too, in farmhouses, you can't see it because it's pretty dark. There's usually some 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 floaters. They're usually pretty unfiltered aged beers, yeah. so they have some some stuff yeah. floating around in there. in there. All right, so number two. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Oh wow. Oh wow. Let's go. This is better it's than the first Jester King we had. And I could even. It's think. actually though, but you know what though, it's not as pucker. No. Puckery as the first one we had. Yeah, because that one you could feel. That one you could feel, yeah, on the back of your throat. No, and this is mildly, like, this tart. This is mildly like, tart. It's like, it's it's like a, a fruity, sweet tart. Which is funny, because you can, as soon as I took the sip, I could still feel the carbonation. <laughs> it's like if I put Pop Rocks in my mouth or something. It's right. Very, it's very carbonated. Still, you know, you know, still popping away. But it's, there. and again, like the first one, different flavor, but it's not very strong. Not a bold, it's not a bold flavor. It's very no. muted. Yeah, this but is it's definitely mellow. To me, it's... Kind of like a little bit of a berry sweet tart. Yeah. Like, this is more like we talked about that one. The last beer was kind of a tricky Sessions beer where it's 9.2%. 9, 9. Yeah, it's, nine, it's over 9%. It was 9, either way, 9%. Either way, a bottle will not. But it has that ass. little but bit of that smooth. drying tartness to it. Yeah. Kind of like a like a tart candy. This yeah. one I could still, I mean, at, at 5%, this could be a Session beer because this isn't heavy. It doesn't, this it's is not good. too sour. It's not a typical farmhouse, honestly, because most of those are... Farmhouses for me, I'm not the biggest fan. Of Some of them are, are very good. earthy, funky. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is good. This this is okay. So this is might be the winner so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard nothing but amazing things about Jester King, and so all Nick, those your, things your, are real. Your beer's so. got big My, shoes to yeah. fill. Big shoes to fill. Good thing I brought one for each of us, so <laughs> that that should get some brownie. Pie. Yeah, so this is, I mean, everything I've seen so far is just, it's an ale with blackberries. They call it spent blackberries because they've already been crushed, mashed, and used. Right. So this is just like the waste of the, of the wasted but I'll, blackberries. I'll say it again. It's it's candy-like to me. Yeah, yeah, almost like candied blackberries. Yeah. So I wonder if they added like some sort of sugar yeast to it or some sugar uh, like lactose it. or something like that. I like it. it. Yeah, this is a good one. But like a lot of... Sours. It's not a chugger. This is definitely one you got to kind of like sip and let mellow a little bit. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of flavor on it. Well, that and it's gonna change as it gets warmer. So as it warms up a little bit, the flavor profile will change slightly. Like obviously, when you first taste it in the cold, when it's cold, you get a little bit more of a dry tart. This is probably gonna get sour, mm-hmm. more sour. Yeah. As the uh, temperature gets to it, as the mm-hmm. temperature gets to it. So, should we set it aside then? Jump into beer. Yeah, we want to jump into three because I'm going to sip this one. I'm not going to be able to yeah. chug this before we open the second so we'll, one. We'll so let this one sit, I guess, since it, it. I mean, we got the initial flavor profile. Yeah, and you've, it, Nick's got a 12 ounce can, so we'll we'll be able to down this one pretty well, fast. I got, I got one for each of us. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> so we can we can break. I'll break those out just because I don't. I have so many miscellaneous beers at home that. If well, I don't get I mean, rid of them somehow, right? Like pumpkin, just, pump, pumpkin heads out. So I mean, like that's obviously my, that's all Nick's going to drink for the time yeah, month of October. So everything else is, you know, I got it. I'll go out and I'll buy. Sometimes, unfortunately, instead of buying singles, I'll buy the the six pack of them. And you know, I'll drink one or two of them. I'm like, oh, those are good beer. And then I go out and I buy two or three more six packs of new weird beer. And then you know, those remaining three or four just linger around until I end up not going to the the beer store or liquor store and yeah, just kind of. 
Pennsylvania. Yeah, you got these. That. You got these at Total Wine, right? A Total Wine, yeah. yeah. There was so we got a Total Wine around us. One of um, one of them. You got the lucky one that uh, convinced me to buy it, which so, is a take two dollar off sticker. So that's always <laughs> a good sign. So, so the question is, can we can we do the synchronized opening? Oh, oh. <laughs> ready? Oh, yeah, Nick's, oh, Nick's, Nick's to, too busy doing stuff. With I'm trying phone. to pull up my information on the beer because I am. <laughs> I gotta read that off to you. All right, so we'll synchronize. Yep. Can lift. So, three, two, one. I think we did it. I think we pulled it off. I think we pulled it off. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty close. So we'll pour these out. Now this looks. Now, now this is something that's up my alley. This is this is another imperial, but this is an imperial IPA. This, so. so I purchased this based off of just I saw the can and I was like that is evil I need to buy that it's yeah it's a weird evil face but it's a little bit gargoyle like which <laughs> we did, talked did about you last guys, time did you guys gargoyles? watch the movie gargoyles that after I, I pointed out that that was that oh, was so a real I movie that one yet no well, Amarillo me, Hop so is I mean, that it kind of looks like a dude with dreads a, a claymore with bat wings it's like a metal album it's like a metal album yeah. and so it was written so this is so like my Black Sabbath this is On the Wings of Armageddon from DC Brow well, I, mean, I mean that's Brewing Company DC Brow yeah Brow yeah so they got a little story on their can as well and it goes and so it was written According to the Mayan and Hopi calendars, the transition from one world age to another will happen on December 21st, 2012. Eh, wrong. As an homage to the transition, DC Brow has concocted an imperial IPA named On the Wings of Armageddon. So it's a very angelic, Roman-style looking, like, blacked-out, negative photo face on the can and i thought that was pretty cool looking so this is another heavy hitter it's 9.2 percent and it's a double double imperial so a couple of couple of big boy drinks today. yeah yeah, yeah. so they, these are uh, not for the faint of heart i looked i looked up some information about these guys while we were preparing and they they like well they they claim that they're like one of the first breweries in the dc area they had a lot of brew pubs but before them there wasn't really any brewery brandon skull and jeff hancock uh, came together and on tax day 2011 they opened brow brewing company and they officially tapped its first keg of beer it seems like it's unique i mean i haven't had anything from the dc metro area so this will be interesting no, to try is, i mean this is new for for me for sure i poured it, it smells like a ipa like a like an imperial ipa for sure yeah it's got that um, heavy foam head so i haven't smelt it yet but it's not i mean it's a little hazy but it's not like like a haze boy like you know Super New England IPA or anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely got that IPA. But it smells like an IPA. It smells like a, almost more of like a West Coast. Set more traditional, is, is from what I can tell. Dive in, see what happens. Ooh, Seamus is making the face. Yeah, there's a, mm, it's malty. It's got some body to yeah, it. Yeah, it's it tons of body. A little, a little thick. Yeah, I got that. So that you definitely got the the gra- the grain is pretty prominent in there. Mm-hmm. I got that, you know, that that strong penny taste at the end. But you know what? I think for me, it's one of those ones where like. They didn't go full traditional. They tried to do a little bit different, but they didn't really go full hazy fruity IPA. So they're kind of like in that middle ground. No, it's it, it's more traditional to me. Yeah, but it tastes to me it tastes like a Lagunitas IPA. It tastes exactly yeah, like a Lagunitas. Strange. Yeah, I could see that. This I is probably them trying to. You know, they knew that IPA wave was coming. You know, what's the easiest way to get you know and everybody else, everybody's coolers make the most you know quintessential. Yeah, it's, it's IPA. It's definitely not. It's not anything it's, different. It's style. I mean, that's what they're going it, for. It's good. It's not. Yeah, it's not anything different. It, it's just there's it's some. Like I said, there's some body and some bready maltiness to it. So it's a malty beer. 
and it, like I said, if you told me it was a Lagunitas, I you would probably think it was yeah. A, I mean, yeah. same idea. I mean, if you told me it was a something out of I'm trying to think of the, yeah, like a specific brewery, but yeah, I mean, if you told me it was like a high lie or told me it was like yeah. something it's along good. those it's lines, an IPA to me. Yeah, it's nothing special. I mean, I can already tell you that not to be impartial, but the one I brought it's probably my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> just from tasting this one, but I don't hate it. I mean, I love IPAs. So don't get me wrong. It's just. Not something that I would say. Oh well, let me run out and get this over something else yeah, that I can get. Yeah, you don't need to get. rush out, rush out for this. I mean, if you yeah. like IPAs, check it out. It, t- it tastes like a good. Yeah, IPA, if you're always looking for a different, if you're just looking for a different IPA, check them out. But other than that, it doesn't. You're right, it doesn't. But it sounds like Seamus voted already. Yeah, so well, I have already <laughs> voted. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sorry, guys, yeah, I mean, keep 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 we'll keep, go keep going over. But I mean, this is Amarillo, so it's specifically Amarillo hops. It's nothing any, um, not any other one. They don't. Like a lot of IPAs, they typically do like two or three different uh, types. This one looks like it's a strict one type, one I, one hop IPA. So, I mean, that's probably what I'm getting is a lot of the Amarillo. And I'm not a huge proponent of Amarillo hops, but that's just my own opinion, mm-hmm. my own my own tastes. But no, not a, not really any bitter to it. It's mm-hmm. I think it's it's more Very like a, it's more like an amber ale. It's it's malty. It's heavy on the malt. Heavy on the malt, which is fine. Just not what I typically correspond with an IPA. I'm, I'm, when I'm drinking an IPA, I'm looking for that hot bitter, mm-hmm. and I want that heavy hot bitter because I'd rather it be super bitter rather than maltier. It's, it's almost like it's not trying to offend you. <laughs> it's, you well, know, right. And I think the thing IPA. is, is I think with I think the thing is, IPAs in general are a hard style to get into for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people that I that I know that drink beer are IPA fans because it's a tough style to. Get a taste, but for the it. people who who are IPA fans are zealots like me, yeah. right? I mean, I'm an IPA zealot, so yeah. I used to be. I'm not not so much anymore, but now you're on the farmhouse now. On the farmhouse yeah, game. oh yeah, farmhouse saisons. I mean, once you get into those funky, the, the, the wild yeast kind of, yeah. or you know, the ones that are right that are soured with with. But like outside I mean, the normal yeast, you can really get addi- yeah. you can get addicted to those. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you guys. I mean, I try to do. Multiple Everything. styles. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be hamstring myself to one style. I want to be able to try multiple things. I've, I've said this to you before, and it's hard because like you, you go to a place, a bottle shop, a, a, a beer store, a liquor store, and because IPAs are popular, it's like it's half the beer aisle is IPAs. Yeah, and Sean's is, you have to like, you have to like really seek out. And there's a usually a good section of maybe like some stouts, but you have to yeah. really seek out the the barley wines. Or the, the Gozes or their farmhouse or the Saisons, which do. I and do. But even like my brother, there's only a couple there at that point. There's only a couple there. Yeah. Right. My brother Sean. Yeah. I mean, we. He he says it himself all the time. He calls me all the time when he goes to his local shop and he's like, "Why is everything an IPA? I want yeah. something different." I'm like, "Because it's what it's sells. just what sells." And you do have to kind of spend a little time. Like if you go into a bottle shop and you like a real bottle shop, not like a place that sells, you know. Sierra Nevada and calls it craft beer. Like you need to go somewhere, and then no one thing it's Sierra Nevada. I, I'm sure people like Sierra Nevada. Yeah, good beer, but, but it's it. not it's not craft beer. If it, it, you need to go to a place that has a lot of different stuff that they either don't distribute very much or they kind of have ways of getting it in, because and then you got to take time to look at everything. Like even me, like I took me like three or four trips to nightly to really sit there and look at the wall and kind of just analyze what they had and see what they had rather than just picking things that I'm so used to just picking like oh IPA 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 and I just and Come I on, grab you, you pick like. it you pick it on the can art <laughs> sometimes oh yeah for sure I, sometimes for this I podcast for sure. specifically for I, this I'm not podcast lie. It, the, the can art has a lot to do with it and that's true with even wine I know even less about wine 
and it's really like about the label. It's really no, it's really about the label. Yeah, it is. Well, that and that and how much it costs because you know. <laughs> well, that's I'm, I'm all for like the ten dollar bottles of wine. Yeah. Oh, see, I go bougie. I spend fifteen. <laughs> if I were to drink wine, I just get the bag and slap it. But hey, box, box I don't wine. know if it's still box true. Box wine isn't bad. Box wine made a big comeback. It's tried and true. That thing has been around for ages. It's not going anywhere. And that's another thing, too, about these IPAs where if or when this IPA fad ever kind of like slows down, you're still going to have that three to five year gap once it's like people are done with it that you're still going to be seeing them. Because, like, that oh, yeah, it'll never go had, away. That second beer we had where it was been bottled for three years, this stuff takes a while. And I mean, if you stop production now, you're going to still get quote unquote new beer for the next two well, years. Well, that's, it's still yeah. And you got to understand that like we talked about it the last time we actually did this theme, the, the last killer reviews episode is that like with IPAs, they don't age well. Like you don't, you don't want to let an IPA sit for very long. You got to drink those soon because a lot of the stuff that they're using will eventually not necessarily go bad, but the flavor profile will change. And then there's styles that are completely the opposite. You can like, right. just like wines, you can like people sell our beers. Oh so, yeah. Like a, a stout. If you get or a good dark beer, people if, sell them for years. Oh yeah, if you, I mean, I've if you get a good, a good like Belgian, like a good Cantillon or something like that, and you age it for three or four years in your basement, it, it just becomes so much better over I don't have time. The, I don't have the patience for that. I, I don't either. <laughs> but I mean, I, I crack it, drink it. So like, I had a I have a friend at work, or he used to work where I worked. And now he left, but he went over to Europe for like a vacation trip, and he was in. I think Amsterdam, and he went into this local, just little old mom and pop shop or whatever, and he was looking at the stuff, and he happened to be looking at the sours, the ales, and that sort of thing, and the dude, the little old guy that was working the shop, he said, hey, I got something for you if you, if you want to maybe try it. He went down in his basement, came back up with a bottle of Cantillon, or Can, I, don't know, I think it's either Cantillon or Cantillon or something like that, but it's, Sound, it's, sounds a, right. it's, it's a very famous old world Belgian brewery that has like Belgian ales and Belgian saisons and Belgian vices and that sort of thing mm-hmm. i mean this bottle was like eight years old and he had one bottle and he sold it to my buddy i think for something ridiculous and it's like it's one of those things where like you can't say no to that because it's you're not gonna get that only time yeah it's the only time you're ever gonna have a little old dude in amsterdam <laughs> come up out of his basement with a bottle that's almost 10 years old lo and behold that bottle is two weeks old and he's got a thousand of them. yeah maybe probably who could every be. stupid american <laughs> hey, hey kid come here real quick i got you know, could, one yeah. of a kind it's true it's true but i mean i tell you right now there are some this is, take my chance this is kind of how crazy american has america has become with the craft beer scene is stuff like that if you go look for a bottle online, you're gonna spend hundreds of dollars, if yeah. not a thousand dollars, thousands of dollars. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, brand yeah, I like mean it's crazy what the markup ends up on some of the, on some of this stuff, just because it ages so well. And there are stouts that'll do it too, but yeah. So IPAs, this one specifically, I mean, I'd probably honestly put it second, just because yeah. I wasn't a fan of the first one. And, and I'm not saying it was bad, because I don't like being negative, but like, yeah. I mean. Just wasn't my thing. Yeah. This one again, my thing, but it's not my favorite, and it's not one I'm gonna run out and buy again. And obviously, the the, set of the farmhouse from Jester is just so much better than anything I've ever had. So, oh, let's go down the line. What did you What did you think? Let's rank these beers. I would say my favorite was Seamus. What's the name of your beer? Uh, Grim Harvest from Jester King. Grim Harvest is probably my number one. The Night Rider Dark. IPA number two, and then the 
on the wings of Armageddon number three. I'm but pulling up the but rear. Not, they're all but they're all close. All I mean, it wasn't there. it wasn't like any of them are yeah, like dismissive. Yeah, I mean, I this is like it's like any type of thing when you read like Car and Driver. It's like they don't hate the fourth place car. It's just wasn't as good not, as the first place car. And it's <laughs> not that like it's a better beer. I think that the um, on the wings of Armageddon is just. It's, it's common, so yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's, that's I mean, why. it's like any other single Amarillo hopped IPA you've ever had before. So I think Seamus, you said. So was yeah, I, I mean, for me, pretty quick, uh, it was Grim Harvest. Um, I'm gonna go with On the Wings of Armageddon second, and Night Rider third. And I think my rating is same as Kevin's. I I will say that my beer came in last. No, it's just it is a very. Say, it's all you had in your fridge. You're like, I'll just bring yeah. these. No, uh, I had four of them, and I didn't want to drink them all. <laughs> I guess ranking, but ranking ranking beer is a little unfair, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's really about styles too. It should be more about like what you like better. Not yeah. they're not they're not better. Yeah, this is beer. all opinion. They're not better no, beers. Yeah. It's about what did you enjoy exactly. And, and for me, the one so for me, third place would be the one that I brought because it is just very run of the mill, you know, IPA. It's a good beer, but it. It's not, you know, it's pretty taking common. me places on flavors. Right. Number two would be the Night Rider because of that fact where it was, it kind of gave me that flavor profile. It was different. It was something that I, I hadn't had before for a nine, you know, a nine plus percent beer. It, it didn't taste it. And then number one was that farmhouse because it took me on that ride for that flavor profile. That, Remember, you know, we haven't even like fully completed our farmhouse yet so. no no this is I still sitting i want to let it sit for a little bit and I'll, I'll polish it off while we're talking about it follows we have, which, we have a whole movie to watch we have a whole movie to watch let's, what are we talking about Sorry. let's dive in i guess let's um should we start all right so yeah we are starting just, it follows so right now yeah we may not get tv i mean we may not watch the whole movie no but, but we if we if we mention if we mention a moment yeah, so we'll go, we can go back to the uh, like the very opening credits. Yeah, we'll here. start it That's, from the very beginning. Yeah, and because I want to talk about this first scene because this really to right, me we'll start with there. Yeah. Really kind of sets the tone of what you're getting into. Yeah, so we're starting that movie oh, now. By the way, so before we get into this, spoiler warnings. I should have said at the beginning of the episode, but please, spoiler warnings. Obviously, the movie's been out since 2014, but if you haven't seen it, follows. Please go watch it. Pause yeah. the podcast. Go watch it. It's on wait, Pooby wait, right wait, now. Wait. The last time we did a movie, Nick said, I am not going to say spoiler warning well, ever again because people just need to assume. Yeah. We're talking you about assume. a movie. You never, have, you never can assume with the internet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say spoiler warning. We are yeah. going to talk about things in this movie that spoil it. Yeah. There isn't a lot to spoil in this movie, but just in case. In particular. If you get really antsy. Yeah. So do you have the movie details, do you, Nick? The deets? So some details that I kind of... Conjured up. So do you want to? So we can. Uh, so what I, for my notes, I kind of just picked certain things, talking points, mm-hmm. maybe questions that we might I might have for you guys and see what you think. Yeah, I'll round table some questions. Yeah, Kevin's got with some sort of papers. I, I, I like to unwind things. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm. I, I'm a I have mo- lots of notes. I unwind <laughs> things. I, I'm a millennial. I typed my notes on the computer. I, I typed mine up as well, and I I took a handful of mental notes, and then I was like mental note two write mental notes down and I, I never got to step two so i just have mental notes so i'm gonna because we're kind of watching this in the background it's gonna try hopefully trigger some thoughts that i yeah. had when i was watching this originally yeah. so i mean 2014 right right so this came out 2014 what i find interesting and this is just off the top is that all the movies that i seem to enjoy have a really high uh rotten tomatoes score critic wise but like a, was but 70s, like a 80s ish? it had a 95 it was a 95 wow. so it's a 90 it's, wow. a, it's, it's certified fresh out of 258 critic scores but the audience score is always low on the movies that I think are great 
because I think I'm pretentious when it comes to movies, and I have just really high standards when you, it comes to movies. You and Rotten Tomatoes, because I feel like, for the most part, <laughs> if Rotten Tomatoes is high, the audience is Shameless low. is going to like it, If yeah. the audience is high, Rotten Tomatoes is low. So I, Rotten Tomatoes, it, I, yeah. I use as a basis yeah, as it's well. a baseline. And, and again, I, I've never said that, like, I, I wouldn't go strictly by it, but yeah, no. this movie definitely has that thing critics about like it, it where so critics love Rotten it. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. What's the, what's the rating... That Maybe, you so, below below you would never even turn it well, on. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't do that. I, I'll, I'll watch. Be, I'll watch. I'll watch um, the, the anything. A twenty percent. Yeah, I'll so watch. So mine's it, the middle ground that I won't watch. Like like twenty percent or below, I'm See, super in for that middle ground. It's just an average movie at that point. If it's anything above like eighty, I'm like, okay, I got to check it out. But if it's if it's somewhere between like twenty five and like seventy five, who cares? It's just another movie. <laughs> I want to watch the very best and i want to watch the very so worst do you, so kevin do you know how rotten tomatoes works as far as their score is concerned i don't i look okay, at the so, scores but i don't so, know how they yeah how so, they derive them so the, the reason why people will tell you that like you know don't go by rotten tomatoes specifically just because it's scored a certain way so the way it works is every critic will review a movie and then score it either as a fresh or a rotten movie so it the percentage comes from how many critics gave it a more or less a thumbs up and how many gave it a thumb down? So this movie has a 95%, which means 95% of the 258 critics all liked this movie, thought it was fresh. Mm-hmm. That's why they say certified fresh. Anything over 80% of they get certified fresh. Yeah. I, I don't know the so exact it's numbers, based but. on the percentage of critics that liked it. Exactly. Not, it's not, not the average score that right, they gave correct. it. It's right. not like, oh, I scored it a 50, I scored it a 60, right. I scored it a 70. Right. That's why when, like, when, like, it's a simple thumbs up, thumbs right. down. Right, and that's like Got when, it. like when, um, like Get when Get Out came out. Score. Get Out was like a one hundred percent for the wrong. So a, a given critic, you don't know if he gave it a thumbs down because he thought it was a two, or if he gave it a thumbs down because it was a forty and he just right. didn't like it. Yeah. The idea is that they don't want it to be necessary. They want it to be as less sub- as little subjective as possible. It's not. It's obviously everything's opinion, so it's hard to be objective about anything. Yeah. But it's more about like how many people liked it versus how many people didn't like it, rather than hey, here's Joe Blow and how he hated the movie and gave it a two. I, I only bring it up because it's interesting that like it, they always seem to be at odds with the audience. But I yeah. like I love this movie. So yeah, it follows 2014. This was written and directed by David Robert Mitchell, and I looked him up, and there's really not much going for this guy. He has done he has like done a lot. This. He hasn't done a lot. No. Yeah, but he actually he graduated from Florida State University. No way. Florida. Go Knowles. So, yeah, so he's, he's a local guy. I'm I forget exactly where he was born. I want to say shot in the dark. He was from like Michigan or somewhere like that. But he graduated from down here. And he wasn't yeah. originally from here. That's all I know for sure. But they shot this pretty cheap. They shot it for around a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And throughout its entire theatrical run, it got about $20 million back. So yeah. financially successful. I'll admit, I never... I actually, honestly, I didn't even... No, this movie existed until I saw it on DVD and I bought it. Yeah, I think I think I. It debuted at the Cannes movie. Was it a Cannes movie? Yeah. And this okay. one, this movie won. I was going through its awards. It won a lot of those. Cannes is a big one, but it won a lot of smaller tier mm-hmm. indie style yep. awards. So, in the twenties or so. I mean, for the genre it sits in. I mean, that's kind of what it's expected. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a movie that's going to go to all these big famous award shows and win no, awards because it's, it's, it's a horror movie. Yeah. And unfortunately, no, a lot of people take horror for granted. But I, lo- I mean, this movie, so for me, again, I think kind of like we talked about with Insidious, I love movies that pay homage to the genre that they're in and specifically horror. So 
for me, this movie is what's great about it is it's so reminiscent of '80s horror movies, but it's not yeah. set in the '80s. It's or really, it? I mean, who, knows, who, who knows what it's set in? Which is another thing that I have. So we'll because talk there's to that. so many things about it that, like, you know, like it, it almost exists in in its own time and space. To be yep. honest with you, so that's something that I noted as well. So we'll so we'll we'll get into the whole timeline of like when this yeah, when does this take place? Takes place because there's a a couple things. So this movie came. The director said it came from a reoccurring nightmare that he would have of, okay. like, figures slowly moving towards him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably either waking him up at that point, which signifies his eyes. And then I think that just kind of stuck with him over time. And then later he adapted this whole sexual aspect to the movie because it was just kind of like a There was a very thing. bizarre sexual yeah, aspect. Yeah, so I have a, a lot of... handful of... I have, a lot of, a, I have a lot of thoughts, about, a lot of thoughts about that, so we'll get into that, but keep going. Yeah, so, I mean... So he kind of combined his, like, I would say childhood nightmare trauma mm-hmm. and kind of over time turned it into this. And that the exact reason as to why he turned it into, like, a pass it along sex thing, I don't know. Maybe it's that old horror movie well, rule number 101. You, you or, or he had an STD and yeah. he so, wanted to portray so, that in a movie sense. Yeah. So if, if we want to talk about that. Let's get into that. Cause this, yeah. So this is the, that to me is the biggest theme of this movie is that... Not only is it like obviously an allegory for sexually transmitted diseases, it's an allegory for rape in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an allegory for the virgin hero theme that we get in every single horror movie. It seems to be like, oh, if you're the virgin, you're gonna survive. Well, this movie takes that and subverts it. Turns it inside out. Takes that. It takes that and it subverts that theme. So, like to me, that that's what makes it so smart. Is that like you you go into it assuming, okay, well, this is this is interesting. And the idea, I mean, it, it really is kind of scary to think about. I mean, yeah, so if you take that STD, STI type situation, where, oh, you know, you, you have sex with somebody, you get a disease, it could kill you, or, you know, and you pass it on to somebody else. I get that. But to me, it also kind of takes in another theme, and it subverts it. And it subverts that stalker theme that you get with a lot of horror mm-hmm. movies, especially slashers. Yeah. Um, like Halloween, like Friday the 13th, yeah. where you're constantly stalked by this undying thing the will that will never stop yeah, it's only purpose to live is what's scary about this movie you. is that the idea is that you don't know what or when this thing will arrive yeah. like, it could be anybody and you have to ask everybody you're around is this a person well, that's, well, that's an interesting part which is that you have to ask, that you you don't know who's real or who's not so yeah. even as a viewer you're like oh, you're no, questioning I, every person that's in the exactly. scene exactly and yeah. I, 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 that's one of my notes where i said extra every extra in this movie is important and that's why it's, I think they have so many, like extra, like the secondary right, characters right. and friends. And it works so well with the the design and, and, and the cinematography, like with the long takes and the pan and the long pans and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, you're constantly looking at who's walking, in what way, do they look out of place, and you're never quite sure, and you're always unsettled based on based on like it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. But but back to the higher level thing that like really adds to the depth of this is that it's kind of a moral thing right like oh i can i can give this away so right do you judge the do you judge um hugh or jeff depending mm-hmm. upon the character do you judge him for giving it away oh he's a piece and of then, shit well but, that, but then but then <laughs> you're like you die with it? but but if you had it like you're like 
I can give it away. No, no, no. It's, no, no, no. it's a it's a moral dilemma. Oh, which is, hey, I'm with from you. a writing standpoint, yeah. it's kind of brilliant. It is. It, it's a it's a and that's what, love, that's what makes this movie so brilliant is that like you're right. It definitely gives you that moral conundrum where like if I was in that place or right. and I was in that situation, mm-hmm. obviously I'm gonna go try to get them off my back because as we learn in the movie that it's like. Just because you pass it on doesn't mean it's not gonna potentially kill you. Yeah, it just means that it at least kind of cre- you create more space. <laughs> I more, think what more, I think what happens is based on watching it is that you can still see them, but they're not walking towards you. No, they you're aren't. They aren't unless they, they, they kill, get you. Unless they kill the person exactly. you gave then, it to, which so it that's, goes that's further in exactly. the plot line. So we'll, we'll get. To I mean, maybe I'm morally bankrupt, but yes, I would definitely try to pass it on. Oh, would I? Would I? Times over. Would I? You know, chloroform the girl I had sex with, and then drag her to the place to, to prove it yeah. to her. No, no, I one night stand that, I, I that girl could, and yeah. never see her again. I, just like what happened to him. I mean, you don't have to go all serious, right? Killer and right. So I mean, the poor, I mean, right? I mean, like, so that that's exp- why you can even explain it to her and and yeah, that's any why way, shape or form that's, that's why he's a piece of shit. I mean, but, not because he passed it on, but because he's a piece of shit for like tying her up and traumatizing yeah, this poor girl. Part, that part I didn't fully understand because I feel like if you really want to convey a message at of this level, I mean, it's an outrageous like I concept to be like, it is. hey, by the way. So, yeah, I mean, the thing about this movie is although it is brilliant in its storytelling and in its production, there are some things about it where you're kind of like, what? Why? At Why do you go to that length? Yeah, at least some things open-ended. So back to that where it's like you don't need the chloroform drugging abandoned almost parking lot to to prove your point necessarily i mean well right. she might not believe that part, you regardless well that but. part wasn't like it wasn't like oh he's a he's a predator it was really no i'm not saying you're that. supposed to, no, but i i took that part as he could have just like passed it on and ran that's yeah. what i would but have his done. thing was yeah, i'm terrible <laughs> i want to take the time to have a to make her like a captive audience so i can explain to her what's going on and then tell her to make a conscious decision to pass it on. So I got the conflict. I got yeah, what he I, was doing. Oh, and, and that's what makes it so awesome is that like you can you can see it from his point of view. Yeah. And my thing now, now that we're talking about this and it's kind of unraveling in my mind, the whole chloroforming, capturing her thing, almost makes a little bit more sense. So we talked about how you if you pass it to one person, and you're you're just one person in line now away. So if if it kills that girl, he's back to you. Oh, it's multi multi level marketing. Yeah. So if you it's, scare the shit out of this girl to yeah. to, to pass it be, along fast and be diligent. And now you're two in line. Now you're two back versus just that one girl right. is dead. So you you scare the shit out of her. She goes out, passes it the next day, does the same, passes it, passes it, passes it. Yeah, you got so ten people in front of you. You're yeah, dead. You're I can see it that way. It is if like if somebody gets if somebody does die or gets caught by these followers, mm-hmm. they start working their way back down the chain. Yep. So it makes sense tactics. for you to well to to whatever tactic it yeah. takes to make them understand. You have to put the fight. You have to put a good fight up yeah. because. They're gonna keep coming. Because if well, if they if you don't keep them at bay and yeah. send them further down the chain, they're It'll coming back, back for me. Yep. So you gotta bury yourself so as, on the as, list. As early on, when he's doing that, you're like, "What? This guy? Oh my! What's going on? This guy's a predator. It's terrible." And you're like, "No, he's actually taking the time. Yeah. Whatever you can you can judge his methods, mm-hmm. but his point was, I have to take I have to cap have a captured audience to explain right. to you what's going on. But that whole but now after like I said after talking about it, the whole yeah like pulling her aside and really scare tactic her it really conveys that so this scene in the diner is the first time where like 
I knew something was up where they focused past them having dinner or whatever they're doing in the diner and the person walking across the street, it's you start to realize that these yeah. strangers that are out and about yeah. mean something. Because the two characters, they're, they're completely out of focus. The only thing in so focus So you know they're focusing the, on this guy walking outside. across the street. Yeah, and it, it, so I'll say it's interesting that when you talk about that, when you watch it a second time, you catch things a little bit differently. Because when you watch it the first time, you're like, why are they focusing on, like, I'm confused as to what's going on. Yeah. I don't understand what the point of this movie is. And, and then you watch it a second time, and you're like, oh, now I'm starting to, piece, I'm starting to see kind of where and another why sh- things happen. Another so shot that we, we kind of talk about paying homage, uh, well, homage this movie, to. This whole movie is an homage to Halloween. But this, this scene in particular, the one directly after that diner scene, is them the two girls walking, walking. down the sidewalk smoking cigarettes. Does that remind you of something? Yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah, 1970. It's the, the exact scene. And this isn't the only scene that does that. No, no. The classroom scene is yeah. a straight rip from Halloween. But because it, it literally was the next scene on, it was kind of funny. Right, and this is kind of where I pop. say, where it subverts that stalker theme, where it's like, in those movies, you know, they don't know the stalker's there. He's hiding in plain sight. Whereas this one, like, they're actively aware that someone is going to kill them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that song where it's like, someone's walking behind you. Like, that, like that, that type of thing where you know that it's going to be there. Yeah. So it kind of subverts that a little bit. And the other thing about, so we're, we're on the scene where they're walking the street. The kid cleaning his car. That's, Greg. That's Greg. That's the same car from Halloween that Michael drives or mm. closely resembles the yeah. car that Which Michael drives. Which is like drives. a late... Like 70s, a, early exactly. 80s station wagon so, with a bad so paint in, job. In, in Halloween 1, that's the car that he steals from the doctor and he so drives the Haddonville. This with. is a perfect time to bring up what we kind of talked about before was timeline. So yeah. When does this take place? I don't think it takes place in any particular timeline. Yes. So There's, there is no timeline. There is the timeline here. So the way they – he wanted to include a handful of different things because this came from his dream – you want it to kind of resemble a dream where there's just so many varying factors. Exactly. Throughout this movie, there's modern cars, then there's cars from the 60s, yep. there's cars from the 80s, yep. there's a CRT TV, but then they're also on smartphones. Right, right. It's so, like, that's, it's so subconscious. That's absolutely true. And mm-hmm. we talked about this so subtle. in the last movie where in the, when they were in that, that <laughs> when he went back to his old house, kind of in the dream state. Yes, yeah. yes. And we were saying how they did a great job at making it seem like a dream. Yeah. And that's true because there's... There's scenes here where, where the girls are all in the bedroom and they've got these really old TVs mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff. Well, and then the girls on this like this looks like a shell, but it's almost right. like a smart like e it's like an e reader. She's yeah. reading a book. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that, that that's true. It like doesn't it doesn't right. make sense. It doesn't reconcile. And then with she the like stuff. later in the movie she calls somebody on a on a on a landline. No one has landlines now. No. So it's like you're right, and that's and that's even without knowing that, mm-hmm. you pick it up immediately. Because so it's like, what what timeline and they, is this? And Where think, is this taking? Place? And even Jeff slash Hughes car. Yeah, he's yeah. driving like a seventies. It's, it's like a seventy nine yeah. Torino. Right, right exactly. Like, yeah. He's like an older cool kid. So like, you know, like, no no cool kid in two thousand twenty is driving that. No, in the nineties right. it's not the cool kid car. In the seventies it was, but not. You know, after yeah. so yeah. they did a good job. But of hearing like, what you said about the director describing it as he wrote this based on a dream, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I, I like mean, that they subtly didn't. There's nothing in here. The only reason I saw that was like I was looking into the into it a little bit. But there's no, there's no years given, and there's no no. Not these are all at background all. things too. They're not shoving it in your face. Like, but hey, the, this is a seventy whatever car. It's, but it's, you but, but you're right. Car. But it's but with the minute you put it on, you start watching. In the back of your head, you're thinking about it. Even to me today, like the first thing I said was like, "It's very '80s." Yeah. But what timeline is this in? 
And also because to, there isn't any indication that this is taking place in 1984, 1973, yeah. 1992, 2005. And even like that indoor po- or the uh, outdoor pool mm-hmm. seemed like a very modern outdoor pool. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like very, an 80s, 80s, 90s thing. But yeah. but, the, but, but, but you're right. But the idea is definitely that like he wanted it to kind of be an amalgamation of timelines. That it isn't anything in particular. Yeah. It's very dreamlike. This movie is very. Very dreamlike, and this is like, is is what's happening? Is it real? Like, what, yeah. what, what, what is happening? Why is it happening? And it kind of goes to the acting. Like, I don't think there was a bad actor in this movie, and a lot of them no, are unknown. Well yeah, a lot no, of them are unknown actors. These are definitely that that small indie style. Yeah, you know, it's like a, it's it's it's, it's guerrilla filmmaking. I mean, yep. it really is. It's um, a simple, you know, a very simple story that doesn't require ridiculous special effects or crazy no, not at settings. All. This is you, but just the thing in, is, just in like a little bit of time that I spent like looking at the film mm-hmm. information on the cast. There's some actors in here that went on to do like two other things and never acted again. Yeah, and the simple, it is. It's very. It's a very simple movie, but it's also meticulously detailed too. Yes. So uh, one of the things I noticed that like in the beginning when she's cleaning up, you see her cleaning the pool out. Mm-hmm. So for someone like me, when I watch that scene, if they don't show her cleaning the pool out and just happen to show her in the pool and I see all the dirty leaves and nastiness on the, on the glass roof of the greenhouse and she's in the pool and the pool's clear, yeah. that would throw me off. Be like, wait, well, how come it's like yeah. fall and it's gross I'm and it's leisure, but the there. pool is clean. Yeah. She's showing her cleaning that even for like five or six seconds is enough for me subconsciously to be like, that makes ton, tons of sense. I know that sounds silly, but it's so detailed mm-hmm. he is, how meticulous he is with every shot that he does. Mm-hmm. And it's very much, you can tell by the way he shot it, that it's very, very gorilla style, very handheld, handheld cam, mm-hmm. um, lots of follow shots, tracking shots, you know, constantly moving. When yeah. they're moving, he's moving. It's kind of like disorienting a little bit in the yeah. sense that like depending on the scene, it can be a little disorienting because there's so much motion. Um, but it fits that theme of homaging to older horror movies, but at the same time being new at the same, you know, yeah. with, with, with some of the newer stuff. But so one of my biggest questions throughout this movie was where does it or the people, where do the people start like coming at you from? Well, that's a question I had too. Like, do they take breaks? Like, do they get tired? Answered. It never gets answered. And my thing is, so this is my research that I did. So we are originally from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. okay? So if we flew from here back up to Massachusetts, it takes us three hours, whatever, are, are the people, are they, would they be walking from Florida up to Mass, or would they just appear like in Mass, like within like a five-mile radius and kind of come into us? Yeah, do we have a GPS attached to it? Well, that's like, I mean, they could obviously find it. Like, that's, that's the quintessential, if a snail, you know, would you take a million dollars and there's one snail in the world that's always moving towards you, and if it touches you, you you lose your million. Would you take it? Yeah. I mean, it's you know. So like, you have to at least understand that they know where you are. So they're always they always have a north towards you. But do they? Is there like a reset point? Like if you go further than twenty five so miles, they start. I think five I, I think I think this is where we kind of get into the weeds a little bit. This is like trying to explain why the movie is what it is. And I don't think I love the mystery of it. Yeah, that's what I love about it. And I love that's what really to me that's what makes this movie scary. Is I don't need to know why it happens or where they are, or what yeah. they are, or why it's doing what it's doing. Just that the the simple idea, the simple fact that like I can never be comfortable and the thing this is going to sound off really really weird and off and awful but someone that suffers from anxiety like me 
the idea that you constantly you can never be calm you can never really oh, ever be yeah. you always have to look you, over you, your you're shoulder. always looking over your shoulder and that's to me and that makes me wonder if like the director suffers from anxiety or if he has that no type problem. of problem I mean, that fear if this was a common dream for him because as a child i'm sure so if that's my point so like so this is almost like to me it's almost like what i go through when i have anxiety attacks or panic attacks mm-hmm. or it's like Always being in that situation, always figure. having that lingering well, paranoia. The um, that's what makes a lot of the so descriptions scary. and like the fan theories and description of the movie I saw, maybe intentional, is they're intentionally or maybe not intentionally, they're very vague on the rules of mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. these followers are and how can they do right. Like mm-hmm. so, they went to like the cabin, and they showed yeah. up. How did and they, they walk that whole way there? Like they went to that school with the pool, yeah. and they showed up there. Like so I don't in there. So my thing was, so if I have my place here and I have a place back home in Massachusetts, it's about twelve hundred and fifty miles away. So figuring that I get on a plane, fly up there, and they up, and they walk, and they walk from Florida, they would generally walk at about fifteen miles a day. <laughs> Nick did math. Four years before six, they got it's there. It's point six two five miles an hour. <laughs> which equates to it would take them 83 days. I'm assuming they're just going to walk. They don't get tired. They're dead. They're just walking. It's going to take them 83 days. For That's them. faster than I That's thought. Pretty, pretty That's quick. pretty fast. That's, That's pretty, pretty fast. So, I mean, 83 days. So, every, you get like a mother every two and a half months or so, you just fly back down, fly back up, fly back down. And, and just... is there is there only one following you? Like So, the, the, the people that you see... Well, that's the thing you don't know. The, the image that they project. Yeah. Is it a different image, but it's the same follower? I think it's probably one because so you never see two at once. The way right? he explains it is that they it, can, there's only one. He says it. In, he said he tells her. He says there's only one of them, and it's always following you. It knows where you are at all times. But I think the problem is, is again, you're getting into a situation where it's like if you start to think of it in that situation, yeah. it kind of not that it really ruins the movie, but it's no, almost no. like. But in my back of my mind, it's, it's, I had to look it up is a very, do math. It is a very, it is a very thin story. I, I will admit, it is a very thin story in the sense that, like, yes, when you start asking questions like that, like, why, you know, if, could I just like fly to another country? Yeah. How long would it take him to get me get yeah, me there? Can they swim? Yeah, but the point is, I think the idea is, is that like not everybody has that luxury. I mean, they, they're high school kids; they can't just get on a plane and fly away. And talking about being high school kids, so this scene, they're, they're on the front porch, they're playing cards. They spend a lot of time on the porch. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning? So the, the, the movie centers around this group of kids, and they're always alone. There's one, yeah, there's one scene after the original, well, after where the, right here, after she gets dropped off after the date, mm-hmm. and the police are there, and, then, and after that, there's the mother at the kitchen table talking mm-hmm. to someone else. They pan to some pictures on the wall, which I, for the life of me, couldn't correlate to what that picture meant later in the movie. I never found where that meant. But I'm not really sure what it does. Other than that scene, the mother's always sleeping or gone. Yeah. And the movie totally is about the kids. There's like no adult. Yeah. There's nobody well, older there's no around. So I think I think the mother's never there. So that had to be intentional. So well, it, it, I think it is in the sense that like when I say it's an homage to '80s horror, when you go back to like the '80s horror movies, it's always it's about. Kids. It's never about the parents. The parents are always seemingly never around. Or, um, like you said, the director writer, it was about a dream he had, and maybe the dream did he have it when he was younger? Yeah. And he, he dreamed about him and his friends, and there was there wasn't an adult. I mean, so it that's could, the only yeah. scene where the mother's around and she's at the table talking about, oh, this is what happened to her, and then you never. 
And, yeah. And I think going back to like my idea of, oh, just fly back and forth. And you say, oh, well, these are kids. They don't have that. Pro-. It's, I mean, if you made this movie with adults with enough you know, of resources or whatever to do that, then right. you wouldn't have the movie. But it's all, Putting I mean, the characters as teenagers creates that right. problem. Where they then don't again, you also got to think, option. look at the theme of the movie. The idea that, like, you know, it, I'm not saying that it's designed to scare kids into celibacy, but, like, the idea is, like, when you become, when you get to a certain age, you know, you typically settle down. You don't typically have to worry about having random encounters with the opposite sex. Whereas you, when you're young, you, you experiment, you do things you probably wouldn't do as an older person. So, like, the idea, the scary, it, it's kind of where it gets back to, like, whole This is where the problem would occur. Where it's, like, you know, these kids at this age have to worry about that because, yeah. like, they're always, It's you know, their problem. Right. They're worried about, like, you know, they don't think about the consequences of their actions, essentially. And this, that's what makes this movie scary is that, like, you know, what if this was real? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you, you tell me that I can't be a kid and have fun in life and without getting serious without, without uh, zombie killers right and, there, and there's no prophylactic for murderous demons <laughs> so i mean like after she was like told that she's going to have these followers mm-hmm. i was surprised at how like they didn't like immediately throw people at her like it went on like there was some scenes that went on and and i start saying oh is that a person that's oh yeah. and that's her? the point is that it's a slow burn but sure it, the, the movie as as a whole was a slow burn yeah mm-hmm. and, and even it is it's even very throughout slow. the entire movie there wasn't a lot of followers yeah. and you're talking too like we're because we're in that scene where it's like post her being dropped off she was with the police she's been sleeping and this, is, and this is the one scene where I was saying this is the one time, and you, they kind of only show her from behind. It's the mother, or you never see the mother full, from. And now they're going to show you, you this picture on off. the wall, and those people, unless I missed it, never they they never play a part in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't or know. Or I that's missed about. it, or Maybe I missed it's like it. Grandparents or it's something. almost like I don't know because it's so not the mother. When yeah. when time goes on and she ends up at the school and she sees her very first follower or the, mm-hmm. fo- the it. Yeah. Yep. It's that older woman. I'm like, oh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the woman from that maybe picture. Yeah. But no, I went back it's and not. looked, and it's, it's not. It's not. Because I honestly, so we, I was gonna bring this up. So let's talk about the, the it people. And obviously, the funny question is like, how, how do you think the casting went for those for those like, <laughs> who, who, who can be the people. who can be the creepiest, most bizarre human beings who ever? Wants to, I'm I'm here to be the girl with her her titty out that pees herself. I, well, I was right. Gonna, so we're gonna, gonna get, we're gonna get into that, that. like. I don't know what about these people that follow are, but they all have to have one boob hanging out at least. Well, yeah, at least one. Told, that's yeah, the thing. So one. I was gonna bring just it up. I, I was gonna bring this up. So I think there is there is a little bit of an in, an intention with that, and in how they're dressed or how they're not dressed. It definitely is because you I, notice I, that I a few of the followers together, have yeah. been sans clothing. They were naked or nude or whatever. That's when but not all of but them. But that's when they're people that they know. Well. When they're when they're representing somebody that they maybe. know, maybe because the reason I say this is because so when you get to the scene, we're not there yet here, but in the movie, but when they are at the beach in that shed, when she leaves the shed and the and it comes out of the shed, it's the girl from the beginning of the movie. Oh, I missed that. If that okay. is true, and that's, so and that's, so my yeah. question, so my question is, is like, and this, and maybe not be an answerable question, is that. Does it take the shape of things that it's that it has killed in the past? That's exactly what I thought. I I had I had thought that. And when you and when, when you when you bring that up, and I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. and when you bring that up, my thought is is that that kind of plays into why they're dressed or not dressed the way they are. Is that they're gotten in their more vulnerable states. So like if someone like a woman that's naked, obviously she was either 
in the shower when it got her or when she was in the middle of dress maybe but when when because when the girl comes up in the shed she's wearing what she wore but when Jeff explained it he said it it can morph as people that you know but that's what but but that's but but that's from his from he he's not obviously he's not an expert right he's so busy running away from it to really analyze it so he may be using that to explain it away but he doesn't I mean that would make sense but I figured it was the way I kind of just thought was every single person that is trying that is it that's trying to kill them is somebody that also had it maybe and that, 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 that's my point I don't know that, that, that would explain like but the you one said, thing the, the, the one the, thing the varied, that threw varied me, states of undress the one the one that threw me which was kind of gross when the old lady like we're seeing right now walks after her but. yeah the one that threw me was the so maybe kid's mother well we don't know we, we didn't because when he opens the door, right. it's like, Mom. But you don't oh, even know it, if that right, really is right. his mom or But you not. don't know because you don't she, know if it is his mom. No, she, but she when he opens him, so it, he says, but, he, but she had, but she had the um, required one boob, boob hanging out. Yeah. Hey, I'm not complaining. The, one, the, one, the point but, is is that when you say that, he opens the door and he's saying it as he opens the yes, door. Yes, yeah. So one of those things where as a kid, you remember doing it. I did it. I'm sure you did it as a kid. It's when mom, mom's bugging you. You open the door, you just assume, Mom, what the hell do you or, want? You open know, the door. If, if you get woken up in the middle of the night and your first reaction, right. if you live at it's, home. I mean, we don't know if that really was so his mother or, was his or, not. or not. But so, as an, so as an aside, you were talking about the casting of it. There, At some point, there's some poor poor prick that like his his casting credits are naked guy on the roof oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, three yeah, seconds. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what was your last job? Oh, I was that naked guy was the on the roof, man. which is like one of the final scenes. Like, <laughs> that's that, me. Dude, I'm, that, just, that, that, I'm just the guy on dude, the roof with my not, junk that's, hanging that's up. Some, that's some, some like third adjunct cinematographer <laughs> assistant who was like, hey, imagine, you want to be famous? Stand on the roof imagine, naked. Imagine living um, that, was, that was some dude on the crew that was like, I'll get naked for for, for, for movies. It's fine. <laughs> he lost he's, the bet. He's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go from grip four, grip grip <laughs> hey, number four to, to naked on, guy with on. junk if, on the roof. I'm not gonna lie to you. If somebody comes to me and was like, hey man, you want to be in movies? I'm like, yeah. All right, you just gonna stand on this roof and be naked? Be like, it's not porn. Okay, I'm in. Am I gonna get paid? Yeah, uh, I'll do it. All right. So now back imagine, to, imagine, back to the important imagine story. Imagine being parts. in that in that uh like living on that street as they were filming. Oh, right. You come home from night at work. Naked guys. There's, right. there's a car that's just constantly going up and down the road with a camera sticking out of it, and there's just you know oh there's there's fucking do with his dick hanging out. Yeah, there, there's John Dix a lot over there on top of the roof, just just <laughs> letting maybe it he's from the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. He's like, right. There's Al from there's Al from House Thirteen. He I knew he was gonna work. He told us he was gonna work his way he was gonna work his way into the movie hey pete bring my mower over when you're done in the morning (laughs) all right but you're right i mean back to serious but i think but i think that's what makes it so mysterious and that's what i love about it is that that it is you never really get a full answer as to what it is who it is why it is the way it is Mm -hmm. um and i don't think that necessarily it was the kid's mother i think it's just he assumed it and and, and the director put it there well he said mom so that's why i bought it no no, you're right that that, that was the point though like it wasn't like it was that wasn't i don't think that was just thrown in there i mean every thing about this movie like i said before is it's very detailed so every ounce of dialogue every little thing that they say is important in some way so with him saying mom it's like I think he wanted you to think that, well, maybe it wasn't. My, and besides, when the thing broke into his house, there was a period of time between her reacting to it, going over there. She could have that was confronted a, it. It could have But that her. was a good storyline where, like, first of all, I was shocked that they were doing it in the hospital. And I'm like, oh, she's passing it on to yeah. Greg. And, like, he's, he's a hero. Greg's just doing it to be a hero. He's getting, he's getting some. Yeah. Just, just 
I'm just trying to be a hero. Yeah, I'm just, I'm and then he you. was like a couple days in and he's like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, and then great, great scene, great, you know, writing and, and cinematography. Like he's walking up to his house and she's looking out and now it's Greg and he's going to his house and he can't get in. Mm-hmm. And then he's smashing his way in and then she finally realizes <gasps> it's not, that's not Greg. It's, yeah. And then she tries to call him and then she runs over there and that, that's a good scene. So my thing too, it is um, a good scene. After they pass it to Greg, and he comes over to like check on her, it's like, oh, how's she doing? She won't see anybody. And then and, and the friends were like, oh, well, have you seen anything? He's like, no, not really. And then he just kind of boots it. At, to me, I was like, it, he has. He's just trying to like, if I don't, he's playing if it I don't off. See it if I don't say it. It doesn't exist. And again, yeah. that like the, the dream thing, where like in dreams, weird shit happens. It makes sense. The kid, sh- the, so first of all, like the kid shows up. He's like in weird sweatpants and like. Yeah. He's got like the he's got like the old man like fluffy slippers. Yeah. He's got a weird denim jacket with the the sheepskin yeah. inside. I'm like, why is he dressed so it's weird? But whatever it is. But it. to your point, if the if the if the if the writer did this based on like a like a, it was my dream, mm-hmm. that's the kind of weird shit that would happen in yeah, a dream. Because why would he be dressed like that? Because there's scenes where like she's in the pool, yeah. and he's got this big heavy like denim yeah. wool. Jacket on, and it I'm like, like it's and I'm saying to myself, but... it doesn't make sense. But yeah. if he intentionally wanted to place things that yeah, didn't very make trippy. sense, yeah, that's perfect. And I, think, I think you're hitting exactly what he was going for. Is that it's very trippy in the sense that like you don't quite know a what time of day it is, what time of year it is. Is it winter? Yeah. Is it fall? Is it summer? Yeah, they're wearing like so, she's like you said, she's swimming, and there the leaves are falling. And I was where at time. Like, so this scenario where like Paul decides, Paul offers to stay over, mm-hmm. and he's talking about like, oh, remember our first kiss, and we found those porn magazines, and he's watching this sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. I was gonna try to, I was gonna try to figure out what movie this was. Yeah. It probably, it probably means something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure but it does. Back when when it first was described as like, oh, you can pass this on. Right away, I said she's passing this on to Paul. She's like, yeah. Paul's the guy. He's and the, then it the turned patsy. out not to be so right away. That but. also kind of ties into the thing that I brought up first. Where that also subverts the whole virgin hero thing. Like he's kind of the virgin. He's this, the virgin. He's hero. the virgin of this movie. She doesn't want to like because he's he's like the guy friend. He's the friend zone. Because well, she actually likes. She likes you know, you, him. You, you can go to assume that she actually likes him and doesn't she want cares to put him in harm's way right. versus the other kid where they said that they hooked up before. So it was like a repeat. It's, so. Yeah. So it, and then and she's not you know emotionally attached. So right, exactly. This kid gets you know. No, but she's in the hospital and like like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, like like woo 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 woo. Here we go. I'm like, here we go. Nothing like bed yeah. to get you going. Yeah. Send her. Yeah, that, well, that was also a very weird scene too. I, I didn't understand. I mean, and again, I, I get it, but like, and again, every time we hit the point of this is a weird scene, it brings me back to the whole dream aspect. Well, right, exactly. It's, Why it's is very, this happening? Because I it wouldn't. Yeah, so dreamy. I didn't know that weird. was part of the writing and, when I watched yeah. it. But, but once you said it, like, thinking about it, I'm like, because that's not something. That's not something that would happen in the real world. Yeah, but you can imagine having this dream. No, this, that's the thing. A dream where there's like nobody over twenty but I, or whatever. Yeah. In right, the whole but movie. I think I think that like subconsciously helps make this movie make sense. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, yep. like, the idea that some weird entity is just constantly following me and it's gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense in this world because you don't know what the hell any of this world means. Like, I wonder if on? because it's that dream thing, like. Are there things intentionally put in here that never are explained? Why? Like, Just to throw. Like you. so the so the the zoom in of the picture of the like 
three people when the mother's talking in the kitchen. Yep. I either missed it, can't figure it out. When um, there's a couple different scenes, like when she's talking to the police after she first gets brought back to the house, and some other, she's they they definitely focus in on like the X tattooed on her finger. Yes. Ever explained? What's that mean? Yeah, I don't, they I zoom don't think in it's on it. What's to it mean? What? My so point now, is, do you do stuff like that just to keep you guessing? I, th- I think it is. I think a lot yeah, of like the, some you stuff off. is not is just done just to say, hey, I know people are going to look for stuff, and then they're going to look for stuff, they're going <laughs> to find awesome. this, and then they're not... And well, what, what finger was it now? Was it a ring finger? Yeah. Because that was, I can't remember. I, I mean, we'd have to go back and look at this point, but if it was a ring finger, that could be another thing to, you know, the whole, you know, promiscuity aspect of it. Where if yeah, there's, I, a, there's, a, there's, there's a whole the host of things there. that I, like, made note of that. I'm like, what did it mean? Like, so when she was in the bathroom and that red ball hits the window and you're like, oh, this scene's going to lead to something... They, it just, doesn't. they just move on. But that's what makes this movie so yeah. good. And that's what, that's what, again, I, I say this every episode, a I lot think. Of false leads. Is that, like that's, the, that's what makes this movie so brilliant, is that like it doesn't force feed you or handhold. It doesn't just give you things because that's what you expect a horror movie to do. Yeah. It, it makes you, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And this is that you don't know what's going to happen. Like this, this is a director that you can't necessarily trust in the sense that like you don't know what he's going to throw at you. And like you're right, like you, you'll have things will happen. And you're like, oh, this is gonna mean something, and like you know, ten minutes, and then nothing ever comes of it. And you're like, and you, either you forget about it, or you go back and you go, wait, why did they show that? Like, or who's why this lady? We're this? at the scene with this crazy lady with her one boob hanging right, and she's out. Pissing her oh, and why she's is she pee- pissing herself? And she's peeing herself. Right. right. That's so my th- again, this is why one I'm, athletic sock. Is well, at least weird. my it's theory, weird. at least in my theory, that it takes the form of whatever it's killed in whatever position or whatever situation that that person was in when they killed it. Or the writer is just trying to get like the weirdest shit right. you'd see when you were in a exactly. dream. I have a woman walking towards me. She's got one boob hanging out. She's got one athletic sock and she's peeing herself. Right. That's the yeah. kind of, yeah, right, exactly. that's it the could kind of shit that be, only, happens, could in, any, like, could only happens in Thailand or in a dream. Yeah, it could literally be any of it. <laughs> I did want to touch on it before we ended the episode. So did you... How did you think about the sound design and the composition of this movie? So that was one of the things I was going to bring up. The, I loved it. The score. I love I loved the sound design of this the, movie. The, the different little 80s this, style sound effects. Right. And to me, this movie is a movie for headphone users. And what I mean by that is like some of it, the dark, deep tones in scenes where you really won't, you wouldn't get it with a traditional like TV speaker setup. I agree. Or I watched system. it with headphones on. If you watch it with headphones on. It starts, it starts from the the beginning exactly it starts with that bang bang mm-hmm. bang it was a very like your like this is one of those movies that started out of the gate when she's running out of the house and stuff mm-hmm. like like it has your heart pounding the minute it started yeah. no no like oh like usually like some horror movies will start with like all oh, the kids are playing and yeah. there's like like it's a summer day and yeah. the birds are chirping and you're like they want to lull you into this normal life and then exactly. shit happens no this thing started with her running out of the house and that mute like you said the music and the sound effects yeah. really hitting you right, and I think, right out of the And game. I think that's kind of where, that's where it gets you, too, is it uses all your senses. I mean, you, between, between the sight and the sound, and, the, and you get that deep note, and it builds, and it builds, and you're like, all right, where is this leading? And then half the time, like, you know, you might get that dark tone, but nothing happens. And that kind of feeds into the, you're not really sure what's going to happen when it happens, because... You're led to believe that, all right, well, the music is getting louder. It's becoming more intense. But then at the same time, it's not really doing anything on screen. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of throws you off in, in, in that way. No, I loved, I loved the sound. And I loved the, um, like the shots, the color. 
feel like there's yeah. a prominent, and I haven't figured out exactly why, but there, I feel like yellow was a very prominent color in this. Mm-hmm. Car. Well, she's blonde. I think yeah, she's part blonde. Of it. The car was yellow. Like, yeah. I just I feel like that's a very prominent yep. color, and I don't know the exact meaning. I mean, you could look at the you know a traffic light and say that yellow stands for caution or whatever. But I, I just I think it might have just be, been a personal yeah, I mean, choice there could of be, theirs. There could, I mean, this scene we just watched kind of along that line with when the it tall comes guy, to like, the tall guy's freaky. Tall guy. Well, exactly, you. and that guy is I'm one just of those things where it's like one of those the tall guy's freaky. When I first watched that. That was one of the scenes that got me. Like, I don't jump, but like, it, you get goosebumps because like, it just comes out of nowhere, and it, it, it works with that color palette. It works. And the with way that I analyze things, I'm washing like, out. I'm like the tall guy means something. Who's the tall guy? But he doesn't. I don't. Mean I, again, I think I think it's again, it's just however you interpret what the thing is, um, what he, what form it's taking. I don't think you, I don't think it's so much about what that person is. It's just it literally could be anybody. It could be no, you. You could see I yourself. No, but it's just weird like it is, every it every is person every well it's the same follower but every form they but what's take nice, what's every kinda, form they take i want to analyze right, to figure right. it well, out and maybe cool it. there is no meaning but and, no i want I, i'm sure want there's there a, meaning. a meaning like i've got this i can figure out what they mean but but it's true i mean but it, but, it. but i think what it does is it creates that sense of unease and paranoia in the sense that when you see certain scenes like the scene where they go to the high school to find out who this kid was, who this Hugh Jeff guy was, and it does the big pan shot, and you see that one girl walking towards the camera, and you're yeah. like, is she it? Is that it? Is that or it? is she not it? Like, yeah. they want you, like, they don't focus on her. There's no, like, you know, close Is that up her? Shot. Is, that, is that an it? No, wait, but you don't no. know. They have no. Turn out. They, I was going to say, there's no. If she's, been, hanging out. if she's got one boob hanging out in the middle of the campus, you're like, oh, that's Probably it. That's it. You. you know? But, but that's freaky, too, though. You have to. Yep, I mean, it happened a couple times. Even when they found when yeah. they found Jeff and they went and talked to him, he has to ask people like, do, "Do you see that person?" Yeah, you see and they're all like, "Yeah, she's, yeah, she she's right there." And they're like, "Oh, he's, he's like, oh, thank you, thank you." So, so can you imagine going through life having to ask other people if they see people that are walking so towards you? Thing, you? That's bring, that's freaky shit, right? You there. bring that up, and it's kind of interesting. Is that, and this is something else I notice, when it's somebody that is clearly. Like when the when it takes the form of something that's like messed up, half naked, it's very obvious right, right. up front. Very much. But like on the beach is, scene when it's her friend, and she's her first of all her friends out on the, the the raft saying you guys should come into the water, and then then she's also behind her grabbing the hair. Well, that's my point. So like I think I think like when it wants to be subtle, obviously the character the, the, the whoever is playing the it is very subtle. They're fully clothed. They look normal. It could be anybody just walking towards the school or towards this area or on the beach. But and then when it's very obvious, we're in scare mode, she's being hunted by something, it's the naked, pissing on herself, pissed yeah. off, angry demon It's funny how they person. just pick and choose. So it's kind of how, how it works that way. And I think that's part of what creates the this fear. This scene when they're, um, they're like at the playground and they 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 want to go they know that they need to go find Hugh which is really Jeff right yeah. and they're like we have to go find him and Greg who's like the na- the weird neighbor kid shows up yeah and asks what's going on is everything going you know is everything all right and they're like no we have no it's not it's not good and he's like turns around and he leaves cuz you think he's kind of like the weird guy who doesn't care definitely and they're like oh you're leaving and he's like no i'm going to get my car cuz somebody has to drive and you're yeah. like Yes, like okay, okay. this is where like the, in a sto- in a story the hero's journey he's, starts, right? He's taking you're like he's, taking the he's first like step, and he's like you like now you like him. He's a yep. weird guy that's across the street, kind of like yep. lurking, watching his car. But he's like 
no somebody has to drive yeah, and you're some, like all right we're getting we're getting, in, we're getting in the station yeah. wagon and then you're like you're all in and from this point on he's a good character in the movie yep. yeah because prior to that he was just like weird lurker weird across figure. the street right yeah but no from that point on now he's in on it it's whether it's out of boredom or he actually cares about these people but they're on knows? a journey now so but yeah this is what kickstarts there the actual and then they actually find them which is great mm-hmm and again, going from the whole dream aspect of it, they're driving around, and it's like super inner city, graffiti, broken down houses. But then at their house, it's like a normal, just like cul-de-sac of nice houses. So again, trying to place not just the time frame, but the location. Well, the location, is, it's like the Detroit, right? Yeah. Because they yes. talk about going, they go, they go past Eight Mile, which is uh, the, they, they which right. she talks about delineate. Yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to guess the writer is he from that area? Is he from Detroit? Or Michigan? Something? Oh well, I said Michigan earlier, I think. Which so makes sense because he, yeah, he totally sense, yeah. played the Eight Mile between the suburbs and the city right. thing into that. Right. So this, so at this point where they're like they they go to the house where Hugh, aka Jeff, was like he rented it long enough to have a persona to rope her in to pass it on. And so they're showing you how all the wind, he covered all the windows and he hung like cans to protect oh, himself. So, so. And so at that point I'm saying like, well, what do the cans do? Because like nobody else can see them. So I'm thinking that like they're, they're in your mind. They're not really physically there. So how's the, how's the cans going to help you? But then as the movie goes on, you realize that they're physically there. They're just invisible to the other people, which is why the guy can hit them with the on the beach scene. They can hit him with the chair. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, why in the final scene they can throw a blanket over him. Yeah. So they're they're physical beings. Yeah. They're just invisible. So that way, if they try to come in, he hears it like a. Wind but at chime. first, I was like, well, if they're invisible, then they're not they're like it they're ghost likes. But they're so that was confusing. They're like, yeah. oh, so they're physical beings. They're just invisible to so, other people. Which, I think I think for me, this is kind of where the movie doesn't. Doesn't get any worse. It just kind of loses. Gets it. weird. It gets yeah. It loses it a little. Loses a little bit of what it was going for. I think just personally, in the sense that yeah. Wait, when you get to this point, now you're like, all right. So hold on. This is obviously not something that is metaphysical. It's more of a actual like thing. It's a being of some kind that anybody can be affected by, but it only goes after those that. You know, well, the Again, point what, is that what, it's, what it's is there. It's there, but you can't see it. It, it got it got predator like to me because like they can they can throw a sheet over right, it exactly. and it shows up. So I'm just invisible. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really weird because like obviously things like bullets can affect it, even though it doesn't kill it. Well, did it? It killed it at the no, end. No, well, I mean, don't we seem, don't want to get ahead? But when it, it fills the pool but, with the blood, it's gone. Know, that's just kind of where, to me, kind of get, the movie does kind of lose a little bit of not credibility, but it, it just def, it gets a little weird. Where it's like, at what it's point? Too much of a gray area on that, right? And it's so we're at the point in the movie where like, they're at the house that he rented yeah, for a while. They're in, they're in South with all with all of his. Playpens. Bad magazines. And Which is also a callback to kind of the story told before. Where and they, so right here's a scene where I had a question about, like, they, they zoom in on these comics that he covered the windows with. So, again, and she, like, looks really in, like, she's looking out, but he covered the windows with these comics and they kind of zoomed in. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it means something. It means something. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. anything. I, don't, I think it's just, it's 
for whatever reason, he covered the windows. Why? Again, but it's, it's in the question, like, if you're constantly worried about something coming to get you, why would you close the windows? Why would you, like, cover the windows up to not see outside? Yeah, why wouldn't you want to see what's coming out from outside? That, that because there's nothing that's ever laid out. Them from but I thought the exactly. I thought the they, comics were going to mean something. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm always, right. I'm always deeper than it's the movie really the is. And, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's literally just he wants you to think that it has something that's to do with... But that's good on him, right? Exactly, right, yeah. Any more like, thoughts or questions about this? I kind of I said my piece... I'm kind of saving my uh, my final verdict for the for the end of this discussion. But is there any other kind of weird quirky things that seem unanswered? Well, the only weird quirky thing I will point out, yeah, what we got what we is got that when they so when they, when they all escape to um, is it Greg who's like has like this hunting camp the hunting camp on the beach yeah. where is and they all go up yep. there. Yeah, it's Greg. They're drinking. <laughs> Grand Citrus beer. Uh-huh. They got those green and white cans they're yep. all drinking. Yep. It's a real beer. It's a Grand Citrus, no, Grand Circus beer, whatever. It's an American IPA. It's a real beer, 4.2% ABV. <laughs> it's from Atwater Brewing in Detroit, Michigan. Which so it's a real beer which plays into yep. the storyline. So it's just funny. When I saw them all drinking the beer, I checked it out. It's, a, it's real. So and that's a, a new current beer. It's or, been around for a while, I'm sure. Okay, but the point is that like those cans of green and white beer hmm. that they're drinking, it's it's. It's a, got a seventy-two on beer app. Oh, oh, you already <laughs> checked it out. Yeah. But so, anyways, just we thought it was funny. That for beer this and beer. If we could have got yeah. it, this would have been perfect. Yeah, it's but even more relevant. But, but yeah, I think it's more of a a callback to where they, where I guess where in reality the setting of the movie is. Do you get like a Stranger Things vibe from this movie? A little bit, a mostly little bit. from mostly from a the. I mean, we have the kid cast. Yeah, B, there's like the the cool badass kid with right, the, and the I jacket think, and the long hair. Right, and I think I think it's funny to me. We talked about kind of how this movie doesn't really have any setting. I think each kid kind of has their own place in time. Whereas obviously Greg is very much the '70s greaser kid with the yeah. old car and the jean jacket and the long hair. She's more of a modern teenager. She's got her friends that are. You know, more modern. Yeah, and her um, her little nerdy friend, that little like ebook, is kind of nineties ish. Yeah, say. and I think I so. It's, so I think what's interesting about that, even the kid, the Hugh Jeff kid, he's got the earring in his in his in his left ear or whatever. So he's very much that nineties in sync yeah. pop punk type yeah. kid. So it's it's almost like they all kind of represent a different generation, era, yeah, different generation all at once. Yeah, and um. um I was gonna say, and then the thing that ties it to Stranger Things as well is obviously the soundtrack. Exactly, it's very much season. a Stranger Things type soundtrack. Even like our entrance music from yeah, Vampire Stepdad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much that '80s synth pop mm-hmm. that gives you that dark tones. Very much like the movie It by Stephen King. Same idea. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't really have any other questions that I would. No. So the ask. final scene, I, from what I read, people think that the. Um, the final scene at the pool, the 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 it that's following her. He's re- he. I guess if you look at the photos that are like on in her room, the Polaroids yeah. in her room earlier on, that that man that's at the pool at the final scenes is in those. So they say that it's probably her dad. Well, he's yeah. representing her dad. I could see that theory making sense. So that is probably who that is. Because you never but, see him. He's never he, as as far as you can tell, he's not in the picture. Right. Well, yeah, no. none of the adults are. Well, exactly. And I then mean, the final scene, everybody like is up to 
debate, like the final scene where they're walking down the sidewalk holding hands, and then it just ends. Yeah. Did they kill it? I, what, what does that mean? Like, so they leave, they're, they're walking down the sidewalk. There's somebody, they pan to show somebody behind them walking mm -hmm. towards them. Is that like it? And then they just leave the ending up I, to your interpretation. I it's think a it's little, a little left to your, your Yeah, that's obviously the point. I think it's kind of like just left Which I up can to go you. either way with those endings. It's like, I'm like, no, just tell me what the ending is. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. I so like to be how did you like? How did you guys like the ending? I like to be told what the ending is. So what did you think then on this ending? For me, the ending was mediocre. I liked the movie. <laughs> um, so overall, I really liked this movie. Um, I thought it was a really different play on that whole like serial killer, stalkery, like haunt. It kind of combined all of those aspects into it. The question marks did kind of bother me. Because much like you, I look for little things and if I don't get answers for it or if there's no reason for a certain thing to be happening, it should be for a reason other, and a reason more so than just to trick me. Like, or, or, or like me, you're convinced to find it. Like, no, that, that yeah, meant like, something. Like, I have to find the reason. And from you know, a movie Hollywood business perspective, like, if it doesn't mean something, you don't put it in. So if it's in, it means something. In this case, it's in, but doesn't necessarily always mean something. So I, it, this led me down a couple different rabbit holes. And like we talked about the plot is weird. The, the timing is weird. And I get it. It's the whole dream overlaying factor that it could be really whenever. But I, overall, it was good. I enjoyed it. The ending, not so much. At the beach, they shot it in the head and it didn't kill it then. So like, why is electrocuting it and shooting it at the end kill it? It's, it's still well, just another... But did they kill it? And it's still, I don't think they the, did. I mean, the, so the, pool, the pool, like, all of a sudden fills with blood or, you yeah. know, it's all red. But then they just, they're like, oh, we'll just pan away and we won't explain it. Yeah, so I, I don't think they did because if shooting it there didn't do it, then shooting it in the pool is not going to do it. But I think the, the, if you said the writing was meant to be dreamlike, then that kind of stuff makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, oh, we don't know what happened. I understand why things are funky. Now, now, kind of talking through things and saying, like, it's probably a dream. This is why there's no time. There's no whatever. Talking through that makes me understand it a little bit, but it doesn't make me forgive them for not telling me certain things. <laughs> you have not been forgiven. No, not yet. Well, we'll see, but time will tell. But that's, that's my take on the movie. I would suggest it. This is on Tubi for free. As, as of right now. As of now. Yeah, I remember, I remember it being on Netflix, but now it is on Tubi. So if you yeah. haven't seen it before, I watched it on I, Pro, I watched it on Prime Video, so it's on Prime. Prime Video. I like it enough that I would suggest buying it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I love the way it ends. I love ambiguous endings. It's it's not it's not The Sopranos. It doesn't just go to black like that movie. I would rather movies leave it open to interpretation than go into a whole epilogue about what happens at the end and why is it not dead and this explains why it's not dead i think this leans more towards just an interesting storyline mm -hmm. more than just horror. a one-off i mean it's a it's a one-off it, but but as far as the genre like mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like oh my god horror it's, no it's no not. it was it's it's definitely not it's not super horror. but again no it's it's a good gateway into right. like if you're not like into like horror scary movies this was but again it's 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 it was my, my my number two horror movie of all time is Halloween, and this well, movie is very much to it's me the polar an homage. Of, it's the 
pulled it is, up. but it, it is, isn't. It's, but from somebody that's just gonna watch this, that's it's op, it's the opposite. You're of, right. You're right. It's not. But that's what I love about it is that it doesn't just copy what has come before it. It takes what it had come before it, pays homage to it, but then it subverts it in a way that is really interesting. <laughs> His outfit, <laughs> the jean vest. Well, exactly. The jean vest and with like a bear t-shirt. It's very, it's very, 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 very in interesting. They, they definitely put Greg in these weird outfits. Just a which maybe is that to make it seem dreamlike. Why? Why would the guy be wearing this jean vest while it's, they're out yeah. shooting? And that's what I love about the, it. And that's again, I think we all kind of brought up the same things. That even like watching it today again, I thought about these things mm-hmm. to myself. Like, why are they all dressed differently? Why are there different cars? Why does it feel that like '80s, but it feels like today? Like, why? What? What is going on? Like, One of the things I read. When people were analyzing this about like did they did the characters in here only pass it on to the people that they showed you and a lot of like the, the fan consensus is no like so is it paul at one point is driving by like the like the prostitutes mm-hmm. yeah and they're like oh no he passed it on to that because that scene that but scene that scene was there yeah and then it, it like there was no explanation well and that's like her when she she's goes she's on the beach yeah. and there's a bunch of guys out on the boat yeah and she like takes off her clothes and like she swims like well you assume she swims up there like but it they're comes like and they're like she she passed it on to them all three so there's a whole bunch of you don't know scenarios that or sc- scenarios or scenes where they don't explain it mm-hmm. but, but you're like you're like no they passed, but that but those were inten- those cuts on. were intentional yeah no they, exactly they yeah. they want he wanted you to not really know he wanted you to kind of make up your own mind. Because those were snippets of scenes that made no sense for the storyline. Yeah. But no. they're like, these are all, and there are more, but they're all like scenes where like, no, those scenes were them passing it on to other people. So now we're, we're actually, I know we're wrapping up, but we're on the scene where they're on the beach and the girl gets her hair pulled it's up. It's the first time that the other people can physically see yeah. what's going on. And just kind of, they hit it with the, the chair followers. and they kick that kid back. So my thing is though, like, does each little like uh, it character have like a different killing method? Because her method wasn't too hot; it was to pull her hair. Like it because so, my my imagination was with them when they did explain it. Well, he said it. Jeff said if they touch you, you die. Yeah. So. We also have to understand that again from what Jeff said. There's only one. So is there only one it? Yeah. Or are there multiple, of whatever it is. You don't know, and that's the thing. Again, I sort of love. Again, I love the mystery of the movie in the sense that it's it's very it's it's different. Like yeah, like you don't yeah. you don't you're not supposed to know. But I but I like so my my point for that scene though was like my thought was that if it touches you or gets to you, you're dead. Well, I thought that's what and Jeff it said. Kinda, like, if it, it touches almost, you, you die. I don't want to say it ruined it, but it made them seem less threatening. Because like oh like so I can get it can touch me and I if I fight off if I it's not like I'm sleeping it touches me on the forehead I'm dead if it touches me I'll wake up I'll try to fight away and I can run and and it it, it seems to make that it could be a little bit more beatable more you know you could live with it a little bit easier than like this thing come touches you real quick and you're dead you're done there's no I think there's no rules like yeah, they, they, there well, isn't the there movie isn't never define what the yeah. rules are so that's why they played loose with it. Again, not in my top ten. Very close. Could very well be in my top ten if I thought about it a little bit more. But mm. just for modern horror, it's one of the better examples. It's good. It's a job done. I would totally go out and buy it on Blu-ray and watch it multiple times. I would say I enjoyed it, but not even not even close to my top ten. No, not yeah, even it's, close. it's 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 interesting for me. It's an interesting concept. Not even close. I, it, it's okay. I I 
I'm more on your fence. It wouldn't really crack my top ten. Uh, might not crack. Maybe not even might top not crack my twat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It might not even, might not even crack my okay. top thirty. But I'm, it was okay, I'm speaking in the minority. There's yeah. so many. There's so many it's, good horror movies yeah, out like there. Like it's it's good. Um, but the question marks where, just kill it for me. You missed it, but that's the scene where it was the girl from the beginning. But yeah, it's just it's just too many question marks, and I like movies that like you know like we talk about like Halloween. And, there's not you many answers in that. Tied up. It's, it's a simple, it. it's a simple storyline, and this is a simple storyline as well. I don't need everything explained, but if you're gonna give me pieces of information, at least make sure that those pieces of information are, like. Oh steady. no, I'm I'm all about like if you want to give me stuff to mislead me that means yeah. nothing, I'm all I'm all in. Yeah. Shame on me for trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, but like, don't give me like very open-ended information. Give me definitive one way or the other. If it's gonna kill you, if it touches you. Then let it oh, kill you mean, when it explain the rules to what the yeah yeah, yeah don't the don't is. don't leave me halfway to astray. It's you know it's it's a fun watch, but it's true. I, mean, I would suggest. But again, I would remember suggest also like at what point do you expect that information to be given to you? Because like I I look at it as uh, you know I can only take so much from the messengers that are providing me this yeah. information. They don't know anything much more than we so do. I would all do, they know is what's coming after them. How right. do they? He's not right. dead. How does he know if it touches? Them the easiest kill him? solution is to have never had that ghost pull her hair up because then I would never have known whether he is true or not but the fact that like he well told, then you know the, I mean? they followed up with the I throw the blanket over him and like he's there yeah so that means that they're, they're showing you that he's physical yeah which then it's like he, he's just invisible it's yeah. like it's one thing to have a person that is like being followed who can see them mm-hmm. but now everybody can really everyone can see it now. everybody knows he's there he just he's invisible to them that's yeah. different than a psychological right. oh he's just in my mind yeah. he's attacking me now it's like Casper the ghost I throw the sheet over him and I can see and him can that's see the, a little weird around, but. so yeah so it's it's an interesting movie definitely watch it but other than that that's really all I got for this movie yeah that's all but, I've got it's just okay to me it yeah. isn't yeah. It, it kept me interested through the whole movie but, yeah, I didn't lose but, interest. Um, I've, I've watched it a handful of times already since I, the first time I watched it. And, oh, watched it more, once, finished yellow. it just before we started. Yeah, there's more yellow. So I think, I, I think it's, a, it's a recommendation from all of us. I'd recommend uh, it, checking obviously, it out, but I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it's going to skyrocket up into your, your favorite movies of all time. Had fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I loved it. All right, guys. Well, until next time, we'll talk to you next week. We have week two of september and that's when we're going to kind of go over mock events mock icons play some fantasy aspect for horror nights something like that we'll come up with during the week but until then this is nick and this is seamus this is kevin crafty beer happy haunts And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.